Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 20 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. So, Action, you know, the circuit contest is over. We can talk about that in a minute. It's a little bit of, you know, it's weird. It's like a little letdown. I mean, I love the playoffs, but we're so geared up every week to focus on that. Um, and we had a good follow final weekend. But how was the rest of your weekend? It was good. Um, pretty relaxing. Uh, ran some errands, got did some rock climbing. Our uh, our year pass or membership to the gym expired on Monday, so we had to get the last few days in as we're <laughs> going to let it lapse and just go like session to session now. So okay. uh, did a lot of that and just hung around, watched football a little bit. Nothing too crazy, laying low. How about yourself? Had the big game night. It was pretty epic. Uh, did have a lot of people cancel, as we talked about before the pod, that, you know, I mean, Omicron's around, so I probably went from 45 to 27. Still a lot of people showed up, 27 people. We had a great time. It was raucous. It was crazy. I went to sleep at 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. What can I tell you? Uh, so I, I pulled it off. Had a lot of wings left over. Uh, it's always a great weekend. Had fun. I was, I was garbage on Sunday, <laughs> but I was able to watch the games and mellow out, which is good. And then a couple notes that I put in, you know, you helped me a little bit. Game theory, you know, I, I we'll talk a little bit about it, not this particular game. One of the games that screwed me was, you know, the Bills ended up covering that 16.5 point number because uh, if that would have happened, I think I would have beaten Mighty Schwa in the in the against the uh, spread pool that I do. Came down to last night, I was down one, and we game theoried him and uh, took the Raiders. <laughs> And they came through, and that was an epic game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that game put me as a tie, and now we've rolled into the playoffs now. Oh, really? So I got a, yeah, there's no tie. We, somebody's got to win. Somebody has to leave a winner. Uh, so, yeah, we've got to do these six picks this week as well against a published spread from the Trib. Kind of off because the pool on CBS is over, but we've continued it on. So, you know, tiebreaker week, just, just mano y mano. Yeah. Yeah, we were trading text on Sunday, and you had figured that he was going to take the favorite because he had all day Sunday. And right. uh, we, I gave some advice that you should flip to the underdog because that was really your only chance to catch him. And right. the Raiders pulled through in an epic game. We got to mention that that was yeah. one of the most enjoyable NFL games that I've watched in a long time. It had me on the edge of my bed <laughs> <laughs> late night watching it. Yeah, we'll talk a little more about it. I did put in the notes. The other thing that was exciting over the weekend, we had talked about the college football championship, uh, and obviously Georgia came through, first time winning the national championship in 41 years. I also had picked Georgia, which was against the field I, I was in, my cousin Tommy's pick'em pool, which was a confidence pool. And basically he told me before, I was in fourth place, and he said, if Georgia wins, you're the winner. And so they came through on me. And uh, and I won that pool. So I had a pretty decent weekend in that respect. So let's hopefully it'll keep it going for the ATS trophy. Uh, we'll come home here. So. There you go. 
Yeah. Well, let's recap uh, week 18, the final week in the regular season of the NFL. Um, it was interesting. I kind of felt like this week, oh, let me put that backwards. Um, it kind of flipped back to what we used to see early in the season, didn't it, Action? We had all these dogs come in, and you are all about the dogs. I give you credit, um, you know, in this week. Uh, but it was kind of weird. We had 10 and 6, you know, dogs winning ATS in week 18, and the road dogs, 5 and 3, were barking. Uh, road teams in general were 9 and 7. But it was kind of weird because the overs cashed. <laughs> it was 11 and 5 to the over, 5 and 11 to the under. So a little bit different than we'd seen early in the season. So there were a lot of high-scoring games in this this week. Yeah, I think that's pretty typical for the last regular season week, previous years, week 17, where you see a mm. lot of teams just throw some caution to the wind and sling the ball all over the park. It started with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott on Saturday playing like almost the whole game and just crushing the football team, uh, or the Eagles, rather. And yeah, then... Yeah. Uh, the scoring continued on Sunday pretty much across the league. Miami put up a bunch of points. Seattle and Arizona went flying over the total. And then the game on Sunday Night Football as well. Right. And we did have three games affected by the spread, so it kind of ends the season at 15, uh, 15.44% where the spread really mattered. Um, so we did have some games. So it kind of leveled out there too. So on the highs, I'll, well, I guess we could jump to the first one, which is yours that we talked about. Nah, let's do the first one. So Jimmy G, I, I said, and it really wasn't him playing, but Jimmy G came through. Like, we didn't think he was going to actually maybe play in this game. Mm-hmm. We talked about this game. Uh, we we picked, we, did we pick this game? We, yeah, we picked we the Niners. One of our picks. So, I mean, look, the GM didn't want this guy. They, they drafted Trey Lance and – by the end of the year, I mean, Shanahan wanted this guy to start, even though his thumb was kind of messed up. It was a rough first half for the Niners. They were down 17-zip and 17-3 at the half, but they flipped the script in the second half. He threw for 316 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. But the last two drives, he really came through in the clutch, and that's something with Jimmy G I've always questioned. Can he do that late drive to win games? And he did it, and they won the game outright uh, against you know against the Rams and earn their spot because New Orleans did end up winning. They had to win this game to get in. Yeah, it was quite the tale of two halves. I think as you texted us, the the Niners just looked like they were dead in the first half. And after the break, they came out and just torched the Rams. And a little help from Matt Stafford, too. Now two more interceptions. I think oh. I heard this morning that he's thrown now seven picks in the last three games. So uh, <laughs> it's been pretty consistent there and something that we'll uh, monitor as we turn the page into this week, wild card weekend. Right. The other note is the game you mentioned, the Saturday, the Saturday uh, Sunday night football game, was just an incredible game. I mean, it was a unique situation where you had the two teams were vying for a playoff spot. That doesn't always happen, especially not the last regular season game of the year. And there was also a unique element where if the teams tied, they both would have gotten in. So we're kind of late to the party when you're listening to this, probably tomorrow. We're taping this on the 13th of Thursday. But Essentially, what was going on was because the Steelers won and the Colts lost and they were basically out, if there was a tie, these two teams would get in. But obviously, if the team won, they'd be in, the other team be out, and then the Steelers were in. So it was a very unique situation. And you know, the Raiders jumped out to a big lead, and, and those Raiders faithful were really fired up out there mm-hmm. at the stadium. But 15 points down the fourth quarter, here comes Justin Herbert. Dude was awesome. <laughs> converting on fourth down multiple times. 
Um, and so it just, you know, he had 383 yards passing and three touchdowns and he breaks 5,000 yards in his second season. So the only downside was the coaching in my view, but, um, like you said, incredible game went to overtime and then kind of a very unique situation at the end we could talk about, but in the end, the Raiders get in, they obviously cover the number and, you know, Herbert's going to be out of the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's the saddest part about the outcome, I think, because to have to watch the Steelers get trounced by the Chiefs this weekend is going to be miserable, and I would so much rather see the Chargers in the game. Six out of seven on fourth down was remarkable, and that last drive in regulation to get in the end zone was just wild. Um, Definitely high drama. I was cheering for the tie, personally, not just because I wanted to see the Chargers get in, I wanted to see what the league's reaction would be on Monday morning with all the mm-hmm. stories about how the two teams colluded, even though it was pretty clear that they were not. Yeah, they didn't collude. And, and you know, to bring that up, so the people didn't watch the game. Like, my dad wouldn't watch the game. Like, did you even see this game? Like, the best game we've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, Justin Herbert brings them down. There were, there were a couple of situations with the coaching. So, ironically, the one fourth down they didn't get was early in the third quarter where they went for fourth and one from their own end. 18-yard line being the Chargers, because we know Staley loves going for fourth down. They get stuffed. It gave the Raiders a, a field goal. Um, but in, you know, I thought it was interesting. So on that last drive you're talking about, they're down seven. You know, actually, when they when they got the first touchdown and went for two, I thought it was shocking. I heard that that's what they're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. if you miss it, you're nine, right? But anyway, so they go for two and the first one get it. So they're only down seven. They drive, and it took them forever. It was one of those... It was a 19-play drive action, 19 plays. I mean, they went like 75 yards, but it because they used fourth down on every single series pretty much, it was incredible. But then they get the touchdown. I was shocked they didn't go for two then to just yeah. go for the win, you know, because in that case, the, the defense is gassed. I know that the Chargers receivers were tired too, but then you put it all on one play. Instead, they went to overtime. So I thought that was kind of coaching interesting decision number two. And then lastly, when they both kicked the field goal and the Raiders are driving and they just decide they're just running the ball, it looks like they're going to run the clock out. They're both going to get the tie and everybody's happy, you know, except for Ben Roethlisberger. And then somehow Staley calls that timeout, you know, on second and long and, you know, to reset the defense. And then, of course, Jacobs ripped off the 10-yard run to kind of effectively end the game. But you know, give them a good field goal chance. And we were texting with our proxy who was beyond elated in all this. And I'm like, man, don't kick the field goal. Because, I mean, if you get it blocked in return for a touchdown, you'll lose. But but anyway, like you said, they played to win, and, and the Raiders won, and unfortunately the Chargers go home. Yeah, I didn't uh, – I still don't quite I, – I wasn't tracking it that closely, but I saw all the discussion about the timeout. And for some reason I got the impression that the the game would not have run out either. Like, I still think that the – Raiders would have got to fourth down without the timeout. And so I don't recall the exact math on the clock, but I kind of got the impression it was more of... It might have been a 50-plus yard versus a whatever. That's true. Right. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, they did talk to, you know, the interim coach of the Raiders, and he said, I I was going to run off the clock, you know. So he was just a little too honest, I think. Um, And Staley, obviously... He'll live to fight another day. He's one of, you know, he's going to keep his job on like seven other coaches in this league. But, um, yeah. yeah, look, I think he's a good coach. He's he's going to be obviously going to be like Riverboat Ron in a way. But 
maybe a little bit more tactical than, than others. So anyway, great game nonetheless. Yes. On the lows, sorry, buddy, your Colts, man, and they screwed not us in the contest, but, man, I, I really thought this team had a chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, certainly Wentz showing his colors in the last two weeks just being terrible, and he was really bad on Sunday. The Colts lost outright to the Jags, and as you mentioned on the podcast last week, still haven't won in, in Jacksonville since 2014. Yeah, just I don't really know what to say about this game. I think it all falls onto Wentz's shoulders. He was mm -hmm. really the key cog in the game. That was just awful. They couldn't get the running game going, and he couldn't offer anything on offense. Late in the second half, a couple of crucial interceptions did them in ultimately. Yeah, exactly. The other low I mentioned, Staley's coaching, so won't belabor that point. Uh, but, you know, arguable on that one, whether they lost in the game. The last one is the Dolphins. And this has this, – they ended up beating the Patriots, so good for – they swept the Patriots this year. First game of the year, last game of the year. And they, they did it kind of in convincing fashion. Mac Jones didn't look too good. But they fired Brian Flores. Um, he went 10-6 and six last year, missed the playoffs somehow. This year he's 9-8, and eight, and he had a seven-game win streak. Seven, he won eight out of his last nine games. So I don't know. I heard that there's, you know, a power struggle and all this stuff, but he should be the first coach picked up if, if I haven't missed the news today. I mean, he's got to be the first guy hired in this league. Yeah, that's a good point. You've got to figure he'll probably end up a head coach at one of these other openings. But I heard, just like you, that it had more to do with the quarterback situation and the front office not seeing eye to eye and et cetera. So. Certainly interesting, but uh, I doubt that Bill Belichick is really uh, upset about it. No, <laughs> of course not. That kind of lowers. The, I mean, the field is tougher in the AFCs than it used to be. I mean, certainly with the Bills, but uh, the Dolphins. What can you say? What can you say? All right. Well, let's do the final contest update before we go into the playoffs here. Action. So let's start off with the field. Um, the winner uh, went 63 and 27. That's 70 percent. So just to give you context from last year, the winner was 67 percent. So that's quite a big hmm. increase in picks, uh, even though we did an extra week. The percentage is incredible from 2020. The top 50, which, as you know, was was over 4000 entries this year. Last year was only over 3000. To get in the money, you need to have 58 and 32, which is better than I projected action. I mean, 64.4%, which is smoking. And again, in 2020, it was only 60%. So even if we we could have made it, <laughs> if we were perfect down the stretch, I, I mean, that's kind of incredible. Um, you know, for us, we finished at, you know, 51, 37 and 2, which is 57.78%, which is awesome. Uh, it's a full... 4% better, almost 5% better than we were in 2020, 53.01%. But we tied for 559th this year. So we improved, actually, technically, over last year in terms of places. Um, but, you know, we still got a ways to make the money. I'm hoping Derek Stevens is listening and he can extend those payouts a little bit more than 50 because it seems a little tough. We went 4-1, by the way. I forgot to say that. Yeah, definitely tough to cash in this contest, and I expect that it's going to get increasingly harder year after year with it continuing to expand. Right. The only other thing I was going to mention, if you heard this, I was listening to Vison a lot earlier this week, and the top guy who was in first and third going into the final week, and he'd been doing it all year, he used the same picks in, in both entries, 
and unfortunately went one and four. So he dropped all the way down to third and fifth, which, hey, he still won a lot of money, but the top guy did, or the number two guy did jump him, and and he ended up, you know, being out of the money a little, I mean, out of as much money as he did. So he didn't really hedge his picks, which is something that I heard a lot about on Beeson because the Survivor Contest also uh, concluded where five five winners uh, all made it through all the way through week 18. Mm-hmm. So they split up, so a million dollars a piece. Uh, in that case, I know one of the top guys, he did hedge. He didn't hedge all season until the end. Uh, when he, had, he he actually picked Washington, the football team like us, um, to do it. And they um, he did hedge against the Giants, but... You know, so he's a million dollars richer too. So. Wow. Yeah, I know that uh, in the millions contest, the top dog was catching a lot of heat in the media for taking that approach and using the same five picks on both cards. Really idiotic, <laughs> because had he split them up, he would have had an actual legitimate chance to win. And in that contest, first place was significantly higher payday than second. Right. Way. It's very top heavy in the million contest. So. Well, anyway, great job. I actually just want to. You know, applaud yourself and myself. We did pretty good. We, we, we improved, which is important. And hopefully we'll be able to finally scratch the money next year. Yep, for sure. All right, well, let's jump into the playoffs here, Action. I mean, you know, we obviously have a different field than a couple of years ago. You've got 14 teams in the field now. I've listed all 14 teams. And mind you, when I do the WEGS index now, I only do the, the teams in the playoffs. So the, the index changes slightly. This was actually the original inception of the index was in the playoffs for me to try to determine who's going to win for pools and stuff. And um, it hasn't changed that significantly from what we've seen, but I've got all the teams in the field. I still have Buffalo as number one. I mean, it's like Buffalo can't be shaken from this one spot. Um I have the Cowboys at two, and then the Bucks, Patriots, Chiefs, Cardinals, uh, kind of, and Packers, kind of in a in a grouping. Rams, 49ers, Bengals, and and Titans in a grouping, and then Eagles, Raiders, Steelers being the worst team in in my index. So, how does that impact? Do you have it updated with DVOA or not quite? Right? Yeah, yeah, it's updated uh, just now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty similar. Cowboys, Bills, and Bucks all in the top three. I think they're the rightful owners of that top tier, if you will. Um, I, you know, I still personally question the Cowboys a little bit. I think that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that they've benefited from a lot of turnover luck this season. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if that run continues against San Francisco this week. But, um, you know, beyond that, I, I don't really know if there are many real contenders outside of the top seven or eight you know the 49ers i suppose you could argue are a dark horse in this little tournament but cincinnati tennessee philly uh, the raiders and steelers i don't really think are true contenders for the crown well yeah i mean let's go into that a little bit because i mean you know i obviously have done an article on wexpool kind of going into my picks and figuring it out to be honest with you action i haven't done a ton of futures betting this year but i did put futures picks on both on the NFC side, because I, I kind of feel like the AFC, even though the whole thing's wide open, I think there's five or six teams that can win, kind of to your point. But um, I put futures picks on the Cowboys, and, I, and it wasn't, it was, it was like 13 to 1. I mean, it's not bad, you know? Yeah. And I put the 49ers at 25 to 1. I mean, I'm like, I'll take that, because I feel like the winner of that game 
has a really good shot to get to the championship game. Um, when you look at the bracket, because yes, the Packers are at home, and I know me included are underrating the Packers for a variety of reasons, and we can talk about that more next week, I guess. But I just kind of feel like the way the 49ers are built, I had them in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. They're in the playoffs. They're playing good. You know, it's really just if Jimmy G plays decent, this team's great, yeah. you know. Um, now, the Cowboys, to your point, I think they're really good. I, I kind of wish this matchup was a divisional matchup and not a wild card matchup. But, you know, the Bucks are a little bit hurt, you know, on the NFC side. I don't really trust the Packers or the Rams. So I like those two teams quite a bit. Yeah, I think that's a strong play in the NFC. Got some weakness near the top and uh, taking a couple of those longer shots. Now, those were Super Bowl bets, right? Not not just the NFC champions. Okay. They were Super Bowl bets, yeah, Super Bowl. So I figured that what can happen is if they make it to the bowl, then I can just hedge it mm-hmm. on the other side and, and cover myself. Um, I mean, I still, on the AFC side, I still really do like Kansas City, of course. You know, the I'm telling you, man, like I like the Bills too. I mean, they're in the index and everything, but they got to beat they got to beat New England. Yeah. And then if they win, they got to go to the Chiefs. I mean, that's a tough gauntlet. What do you think? And I didn't do this. I didn't put this pick in, but the Titans obviously, the metrically are not that great. Um, you didn't mention them in the teams that couldn't win it. Do you think they can pull it off? Well, I mean, uh, I've heard rumblings that Derrick Henry is potentially returning and certainly getting him back in the lineup will be a game changer. Um, I'm still skeptical that he'll be able to return and be his normal self out there. He might be more of a gimmick type player, getting him into the backfield and not necessarily carrying his normal workload. But um, I mean, certainly they, they have changed the way that they're playing football. And it's clear to me that based on the splits, having AJ Brown in the lineup is a changer for them as well. I believe they're eight and one or nine and zero oh with him on the field, and right. provided that he can stay healthy, I think that they definitely have a shot. Yeah, and obviously they get to host the games, right? So it, you know, regardless of who goes, uh, unless they lose, you know, in the second weekend, and, and it's kind of interesting the way it laid out. And we'll talk about the wild card in a minute, but you know, theoretically they could play the Bengals, and I, I like the Bengals as a team. I just think they're young and. That could be a favorable matchup for them, and then they then they have to face the winner of that you know Bills slash maybe Patriots whatever um, Chiefs matchup. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it, it shakes out. Uh, but you know, in looking at the bracket, you know, I'll t- say my predictions. I still have, I'm I'm sticking with my preseason picks. Action, <laughs> I'm going Chiefs over San Francisco, which is what I had originally. But I will tell you that if San Francisco if 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 Dallas beats San Francisco, then I would say Chiefs over. Cowboys. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Okay. I don't know if I've made predictions. I, I, you don't uh, have... I don't think so. No. I mean, I like the Niners this weekend for sure. Yeah. So I, I would probably lean to the same side as you uh, and picking the Niners out of the NFC. And mm-hmm. on the AFC side, I really don't know. I mean, I would lean to the Chiefs as well. They certainly have the pedigree. But sure. uh, I think that anything could happen. I could see any number of one through six making it to the Super Bowl obviously excluding the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, right, for sure, for sure. Okay, well, let's just go in week by week. This is how we'll do it for the rest of the playoffs. We'll just attack each game, kind of like we talked about during the season. We'll just talk about totals and and spread and and where we would like to see things or if we're interested in a game more than leans. Uh, I've put a couple of bets in myself. 
So we've got games on three different days action. We've got Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday night game. The playoffs open at 4.30 Eastern uh, with the Raiders going to the Bengals. This game opened as a six-and-a-half-point favorite for the Bengals. Now it's roughly five-and-a-half in the market. I'm seeing the total at 49. Um, you know, I I know our proxy is going to hate me because I've been against him for weeks, but this is a really bad spot for the Raiders. I mean, it's they got had to play the Sunday night game, overtime, expending all that energy, going over to a rested Bengals team. I think if the Raiders got to play this game even at night, it would have been a better story. But I just like the Bengals here. I, I, five and a half may be a lot of points, but you know, for two teams that haven't been in the playoffs for a long time. But I don't like this spot for the Raiders personally. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, it's definitely a tough uh, scheduling spot for them, uh, certainly coming off the emotional win on Sunday night. And as you mentioned, the Bengals are going to be rested. I think like hardly any of their offensive starters played last weekend. So. Right. Um, but I, I do think that uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders team has a little bit more experience in these post. I don't actually I don't think Carr played in the last postseason because he got <laughs> hurt. But uh, certainly right. the Raiders have more playoff experience than the Bengals team. And uh, Joe Burrow being his second year in the league and Coach Zach mm-hmm. Taylor, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be ready for a full playoff game. So I would lean to the Raiders, but. Uh, the the play I like better in this game is uh, first half under. I think that the total 49 is probably spot on, but I played under 24 and a half in the first half, thinking that this yeah. could be a, a little bit of a slow starting game. Yeah, they've said that because it's you know two coaches that haven't been there, two quarterbacks that haven't been there, that the game plan might be fairly conservative to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see that. It's probably a good call. I do probably like the under in the game anyway. I just kind of feel like we'll see. If the Raiders came in and hang tough, maybe put up early points, they got a good shot. You know, um, I'm hoping they don't get blown out. I don't, nobody wants to see blowouts in these things, and I don't. The way that they set up the schedule, they're definitely not doing any favors these Saturday games. Um, right. So anyway, they did play once this year. Uh, Cincinnati went into Las Vegas and beat them by 19 points. So. A strong performance already in this matchup. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I mean, certainly that was a time when the Raiders were probably reeling a little bit. There was lots going on, mm-hmm. and they've definitely galvanized and they they're playing really well um, the last two weeks, especially when they needed to. And Carr, this is for the proxy. Carr has played very well. I mean, he hasn't been an MVP level statistically but he's definitely been very valuable to his team to keep it together so kudos to you uh you know dj Ward enterprises um <laughs> all right so once i get this google drive i think actually i think i've assessed that the new update on the laptop really doesn't like google drive on purpose like it's trying to get me to do some stupid apple product uh, <laughs> that would me yeah, yeah, like it's just shutting down right now. So the second game, I'll do it from here. The second game is again like I'm not sure if this is going to be a hotly contested game, but we can we can you know beg to agree to disagree. Um, no, this oh, no, this is the good game. Okay, my bad. Uh, so this this is the Patriots going to the Bills. Uh, obviously, this is 7:15 Central, 8:15 uh, Eastern time. Uh, the Bills are four point favorites at home. And it's a 44-point total. So these teams have faced off twice, right? They split 
you know, what happened the first time in like that crazy windy game. And, you know, obviously McDermott in the sec- second game said, F you, we're going to just you know, kind of jam it down your throat. They didn't blow them out by any stretch. So I'm going to guess you're probably going to go with the Patriots plus four, given the, the total, right? Given the, the spread, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, actually, I, I think I got four and a half. Don't know nice. if that's still available or not. But uh, either case, I, I still think that the Patriots is the play here. Um, we saw in the first game, obviously aided by the wind, that uh, right. the Patriots were able to run the ball with a plum. And I think that Belichick is going to be able to use that same game plan this week and try to keep Josh Allen and the Bills offense off the field for the most part. Um, and I, I think really that's the handicap. The Patriots team showed that they could line up and smash them in the mouth, and I have every expectation they're going to take a similar approach this week. The weather is certainly more clear this time. Nine degrees is the temperature, which could be a All little right. problematic for the passing game, but I'm sure you're going to tell me about Josh Allen's running ability. Well, of course. I mean, this is the thing. Like, he played a great game in the second game, so here's here's the question. How do you stop is Belichick. How do you stop Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a running situation. He's going to be running. He's he's the lead rusher on the team. He played incredibly. I, I don't doubt. I, I think that the Patriots is the right side. I do think the Bills are going to win the football game. I just don't. I, look, the underplay is Mac Jones has sucked for three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Is he going to play better? You know, in a cold game, he's not a warm weather player either. Like, he's not lighten it up um it's not like he's the incarnation of tom brady now now he might play well but i'll tell you right now they better run the football well because he hasn't he hasn't thrown the ball well um the last time i saw him was when he blew out whoever it was and they were just crushing somebody who i guess it was the jags or something you know so he hasn't played great in in bigger games so i i think that the way i looked at it is i would take the i'm not betting this one but i'd take buffalo on the money line and i definitely would lay the points with New England. So, but what about the total? You think this is the right total of 44? Or is it with a cold game? You think it's going to be even lower than that? Yeah, no. I mean, I think the total is spot on. I wouldn't have a play there. It's been pretty much stuck at 44. Actually, it looks like it ticked up a little bit uh, earlier this week from 43 and a half. So, a little bit of overplay it looks like. But uh, I have no play there. I do think, to your point, we'll be able to tell early on if the Patriots are not able to run the ball like they were in the first matchup and the Bills get to a short lead or even a, a mid-sized lead. I think that it could snowball pretty quickly for them and could be a live betting opportunity to lay some extra points with the Bills. Right, right, right. Okay, well, let's go to the Sunday games. We've got at the 1 o'clock Eastern time, you've got the Eagles and Bucks. That's what I thought was the late night game. Uh, that open is a 10-point favorite for the Bucks. It's 8.5 or 9 right now in the market. The total keeps coming down. It was 49, went down to 46, now 45, because they're supposed to be 20-mile-an-hour wins. Uh, so, obviously, I was on the Bucks here early. I, I think the Eagles, as good as they've played, they haven't beaten good teams this year. Uh, the Saints were the only team that they beat that was above 500 this year. And... Um, I don't know. I, I I have split thoughts about it. I know that the Bucks are getting some players back, but you know, are they going to be really healthy? I I teased the game action. Okay. I teased them down. I teased them down to three, and then I teased the total up to four fifty two, and I played the under. So I'm taking it safe in this one, even though I do think 
you know, you could you could make an argument for the for the Eagles here, you know, plus eight and a half. That's a big number. And I know that the Bucks are really good against the run, but this is the number one rushing offense in, in the league, right, with uh, the Eagles. Right. Yeah, it is. But uh, Tampa is really good, like you said. And I think they'll be able to shut down that Eagles running game. Um, and, you know, recall that this is another rematch from earlier in the season. And Tampa went on the road last time to Philadelphia and was laying a seven-point spread and ended up only winning the game by six. And mm-hmm. the, the story there is that that is really the only game in the entire season that Philadelphia covered in that was actually a good opponent. Their other covers right. were against the Falcons, the Panthers, Detroit, Denver, New Orleans, the Jets, and the Giants. So mm-hmm. when they've stepped up in class this season, it's been pretty clear that they were not as good as their opponent. And uh, for that reason, I think there's value on the Bucks, uh, despite their lack of weapons on offense. Right. I mean, I think that the Eagles are outclassed. If you get Jalen Hurts in a throwing game, it's trouble. Um, so we'll see. I guess the biggest thing for me is the Bucks' offense, which, you know, they played great last week. They scored a lot of points. But, you know, they've been slow to start in some games. Maybe those were road games, uh, you know, with the Jets as an example. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, so your lean's the Bucks. I'm, I'm definitely a tease guy in this game, so I already did that one. Yeah, another game where I like the first half under, too. Probably uh, you mentioned it that the total is crashing. May have missed the window on the full game total, but I think the first half is still good at under 23 and a half. Okay. The next game is, I, I'm shocked they didn't flex this game. I don't know what the deal is, but anyway, 49ers, this is at 4.30 Eastern. The 49ers are going to the Cowboys. It opened as uh, the Cowboys minus three. Right at the moment, it's uh, 49ers minus three and a half. The total is 51. Look, I, we already talked about it. I like the 49ers to be in the Super Bowl, so I like this team a lot. The hook, I love the hook. I did get the hook personally when I but I had to pay some extra juice for it action. Mm. Uh, minus 117 uh, when I got it at Rivers. It was minus 120 when I checked before the show. Uh, so obviously if you're a Cowboys backer, you want to see that thing come down to the three again. Um, but either way, I mean, it's tough to handicap this one because I think when you look at the metrics, you know, you've got to kind of throw out some games where, you know, Garoppolo didn't play. There was a lot of injuries for the 49ers, and now they're playing really good football. But the Cowboys obviously had the kind of weapons that can, can hurt the 49ers. Their secondary is not great. So it sounds like you like the 49ers too, but do you have any hesitancy in that pick? No, no, not at all. I think this is a great matchup for San Francisco. You talked about how their metrics are suppressed this season because they had so many players that were out of the lineup. Kittle as well mm-hmm. and um, Debo Samuel. And when, when both of those guys are on the field, they can take this to another level. And I right. specifically think that the running game is going to be able to take advantage of that Dallas run defense, which is 16th ranked. And um, mm. I, I expect that the Niners will be able to uh, put up some points on them. I like them to go over the team total. I also took them plus three, but I would. it looks like to me there's still a three and a half at Bet Rivers available for those of you who are inclined. And uh, maybe even a little money line pick. Looks like Circa out in Las Vegas has plus 146 on San Francisco. Let's call up Proxy Dave. Yeah, hey, hey, Proxy, let's go. Put this in. 
And then what about the total? You feel this 51 is low? You think you go over this total? Or with, is this kind of a sucker situation? This could be surprise you. No, I definitely uh, believe that there's been some move on the over for good reason. Uh, 51 mm-hmm. probably might have missed the boat there. But I think I, I personally like the San Francisco team total better because okay. n- not only has San Francisco been ascending on the other side, I think that the Dallas offense has been descending, specifically the play of Dak Prescott. The only mm-hmm. game in the last four that he's been able to put up good numbers was against the uh, Eagles B team last weekend. Right, right, true. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, they've had a little comeback to earth as well. So we'll see. I mean, this is one of these things. This is going to be a tough game. I think it'll be a great game to watch, and I wish it was the primetime game, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I was going to say, at first I thought it was Fox that probably got top choice and Dallas Cowboys, obviously, but the game appears to be on CBS, so that's kind of strange. That is strange. Really weird. So the the last game on Sunday night is the Steelers against the Chiefs. This is at 8.15 Eastern. It opened as a 13.5-point favorite for the Chiefs, and now it's about 12.5. The total is at 46.5, so really low total for that big spread. Obviously, this could be Ben Swan's song, and that's what people will lash on to. I'm going to stay away from an action, but I, I, I'd probably go Chiefs here. I don't really see the Steelers pulling one out of their hat here, but 12.5 is a lot of points. I mean, they did beat the crap out of them a couple of weeks ago, I mean, the Chiefs. So do you see any angle for the Steelers to, to make this again? No. <laughs> I like the Chiefs quite a bit. I laid 12.5, and, and I like even better 7 in the first half because mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs are going to come out and try to put some points on the board and get some pressure on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, though, that um, there's a good chance that you could see Big Ben and the Steelers' offense go down with a fight. Uh, I mean, historically, these Mike Tomlin teams don't throw in the towel, and for that reason, I'm yeah. also going to be looking at a lot of Ben Roethlisberger props to go over passing yards, over passing attempts, because I don't expect that he's going to stop throwing at all in this game. Right, he's going to keep keep chucking it. Again, I think this is a really good teaser spot for myself. I didn't do it yet, but bring that bring that 12 and a half to six and a half, and bring that total down to 40 and a half, and go over. I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, they don't play with those numbers too much, but because that total is, it's kind of low. Yeah. Uh, I know that, like to your point, I think there's going to be more points there, so I probably just go the over on the 46 and a half straight up but if you're going to tease the game you might as well do it that way i've seen a little bit of movement to the under in this game uh Mm -hmm. you know down to 46 and a half from an opener i think what did what do we have on here 48 48 and a half maybe 48 and a half that's probably right so um definitely appears that uh some betters are expecting a lower scoring game i'm guessing that uh, that's out of the pittsburgh side of the scorecard yeah, because they're just like, is Pittsburgh going to score more than 14 points in a game? So it's, you know, it's one of those situations, you know, that means the Steelers, the Chiefs have to score like 33, 35 points to get over that total. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad angle. I mean, look, I can see the Chiefs just blowing them out 28 to 7 and the game's over, you know, but, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm hoping for a better game. I, I'm kind of done with Ben, Big Ben. I mean, the other thing is, you know, and it's a different scenario than last year because the Steelers are the dog. You know, Tomlin's been rallying the troops for two weeks, you know, beating beating teams that they probably should easily beat. I mean, you remember last year, they came out against that 
Cleveland team and just laid an egg. They were so bad yeah. in the first quarter last year. Probably the worst start I've ever seen of any football team. And they couldn't really come back. I mean, they, they tried to make an effort. So they have to come come out guns a-blazing to have a chance in this one. Yeah, I think Roethlisberger had like 60 pass attempts and 500 passing yards in that game too, and they still lost. So. I know, I know, I know. All right, so the last one is Monday night. Uh, it's a, a first-ever, right, Monday night game from I know in the playoffs, especially with, uh, you know, wild card weekend. So you've got at 8.15 Eastern, you've got the Cardinals going to the Rams. Uh, the game open is the Rams minus four and a half. It's pretty much stayed at four most of the week from what I've seen. The total's at 49 and a half, which has been pretty consistent too. Um you know, at first blush, I was all over the Cardinals here, plus the four. Probably still would be on it if Schwa is listening. But <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, it's I don't like the Rams. You know, I think Stafford sucks. I wrote in my article, I think I trust Kyler Murray more than Stafford. But yeah. Kingsbury's teams just, just shit the bed down the stretch, man. Now, they had that big win to give them a chance. Uh, last week, and of course they laid an egg there. They could have they could have won the division last week, and then they would have hosted it. But this team is better on the road. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what this is thinking about in this game, but I guess I'd probably take the points just to be safe. But I'm not sure your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I I like the Cardinals and bet the Cardinals already at plus four. You mentioned it mm-hmm. on the road this season. They are eight and one against the spread, mm-hmm. which is extremely impressive and kind of did themselves yeah. a, a service by not winning the division, it seems like, as they're going back on the road. And they did win the first meeting in L.A. versus the Rams by 17 points. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, earlier in the season, this offense was a lot healthier. DeAndre Hopkins was out there, and James Conner was at full health. But uh, I, I still think that the Cardinals are going to be able to put up some points in this game on offense against the Rams' D. They've proven that they have the scheme to do it. Uh, and on the mm-hmm. other side, I'm happy to go against Matt Stafford. I think that he's trending downwards, and he is a uh, uh, 0.0 wins in the playoffs throughout his career. <laughs> I know he's only been there twice, maybe. I think so. And he's one two. So does it does this also mean you like the over in this game, 49 and a half, because you, you think the Cardinals will score some points? You got to assume the Rams are going to score. Yeah, I'm I'm a little more hesitant on the total in this one just because they are division foes and they know each other so well. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, well, yeah, I mean, look, I I want the Cardinals to win. I, I, I don't like Matt Stafford. I also thought the hype about the Rams preseason was a joke. Um, I, I do think that if the Cardinals win and go to Green Bay, that means the Green Bay is in the NFC Championship game, but whatever. Um, but we'll see. I think you're right. Um, I just, again, it should be a good game. A lot of, a lot of repeats here. You know, you, you mentioned that all these teams, I think, is it all the teams? Every, I think every game is a rematch. Definitely. Did the 49ers and Cowboys play this year? Oh, good point. I'm not sure. That's the only teams that haven't played each other this year. So that familiarity can really help in this one. Um, but you never know. I, I do think the coaching edge still goes to uh, McVay in this one. I don't know if I trust Kingberry, Kingsbury in a tough situation. Yeah, so. I think that's probably true. Gotcha. All right. Well, for definitely for action, Arizona plus the four, I'm, I'm pretty much there. I like San Francisco plus the three or three and a half. Um, it sounds like we both kind of like the Tampa minus eight and a half more or less. 
and I like the Bengals uh, minus five and a half for sure. Um, and then I actually put the KC Pittsburgh under originally, but you've kind of talked me into the over in that game. Okay. Do you think that Schwa is going to listen in onto the podcast so that he can hear your leans before putting in picks? He probably should, <laughs> uh, but I don't know if he will. And it doesn't mean I'm, you know, our lines aren't exactly the same, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple that I'm still waffling on. So there you go, Schwa. You can listen, listen in and try to beat me that way, but just keep picking all the favorites every time. <laughs> <laughs> So um, just a programming note. So obviously this we have six NFL games that we reviewed this week, and next week since there's only four games, we're going to switch and do a little. We're going to do a little college basketball preview. Start talking about college basketball. Action has his his own index uh, as well that he likes to share. It's a modification of Ken Palm, and I kind of do some analysis too. So looking forward to it. I haven't really watched a lot of college ball to be honest with the action, so I got to catch up. But you know that's my second favorite sport. Yeah, definitely looking forward to getting back to discussing that. I've been dabbling a bit this year, but have reduced my volume significantly because it seems on a daily basis it's more about waiting until the 15 minutes prior to tip off and seeing who's actually warming up as opposed to doing right. any real handicapping because there's been so many COVID uh, sit-outs each day. Yeah, it's a bummer, but you know I've seen a lot of postponed games or canceled games still, like we saw last year, which makes it even harder. But, um, but really, you know, some of the usual suspects are there, so I'm excited to kind of dig into that and actually start watching games. And, you know, uh, just as a a note, you know, I got to go to the Bulls game on Tuesday and was in the front row. Walsh Construction brought me. It was pretty cool. Nice. There he is Luke Luke Luca Garza getting in the game for the Pistons, you know, and Cade Cunningham, boy. The Bulls beat them by 46, by the way. But it was nice to see some of those college guys that we've been looking at the last, you know, year or two in the game. So cool. <laughs> All right. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts. All right. We'll talk to you guys all next week. Have fun with the Wild Card Weekend. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0.
creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash buy 3.0.